we were getting ready to go to Arizona for this wedding, and we're getting the house ready. I like to have the house in a certain order. I want to get back, and the house is clean. You know, sometimes when you get, when you get packed and the house is crazy, and we got like 90% there, okay? 10% was just chaos, but 90% looked really good in our house. And one of the things we, we had to do is we're like, man, we need to make sure our plants are watered, okay? Now, I'd never thought in my life I'd ever say, make sure the plants are watered, okay? I would make fun of people who would say, oh, I got to water my plants, right? And I would just be like, no, you don't. Uh, that's not what people should have to do. But I, I, I'm at the point now where, uh, like, I got a, I'm a dad, and so I got to water plants, okay? I guess it just goes, you just, a baby's born, and you got plants, right? So we have plants, and I was like, okay, now I need to water these plants. Now, I'll tell you this, we've always had plants, but they don't, like, last very long, right? And, 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 and you'd think maybe, like, my wife would be good at taking care of plants. No, terrible, right? And so plants are always dying, and we're always just buying new plants. We even, we buy cheap plants because we know they're going to die anyways. And so finally I said, okay, we can't keep wasting money on plants. They look cool, but we need to take care of them. And I said, you're not the one. I told my wife, you're not the one to take care of these plants. I got to take care of these plants. So I started taking these care of these plants. I hate it, but I like, you know, I like it at the same time. You hate it because it feels weird. I shouldn't, I feel like I'm too manly to take care of plants, but they look nice. So I got to take care of these plants. So I'm constantly watering. I'm, I'm getting to the point, I'm not just watering them, okay. I'm like putting my finger in the soil. I'm not even sure what I'm feeling for, but I'm like, that don't feel right. That I take a wet rag. I'm wiping the plants down. I'm taking dust off the, the plants. The plants get treated better than my baby does. Like, I, I never, I don't think I've ever given my daughter a bath yet, but I wash these plants once a day, right? I get these, and I, and I take care of these plants. And so the other day, I was looking at one of our plants, and it was leaning. And I was like, that must, this must be a lean plant. I don't know what that means. It just, and I didn't really want to research. And my wife said, well, it's leaning because it's leaning towards the sun. We got to rotate it. You got to change it so it leans the opposite direction. And I was like, that's creepy, right? And so, and then I was reading, and people, like, talk to their plants. They get them to lean back. And I was like, that's witchcraft. I'm not going to do that. But I said, like, let me just spin this plant around. And I spun it, and within a day, a new leaf had spotted out of it. And I was like, man, that's pretty cool. Now I'm, like, spinning it, like, all these little degrees. I got, like, an iPhone out to make sure it's spinning properly, right? And so I was taking care of these plants, and I realized that the weird thing about plant is, is that you not only have to just take care of them, but you got to make sure two things. One, that they get the proper amount of sun and they get the proper amount of water. They can't get too much, can't get too little. It's got to be perfect. And when they do that, you'll see fruit. Now, this is not a fruit tree or fruit plant, but um, it's supposed to have leaves constantly. And I noticed it wasn't having a lot of leaves. So I started researching it again, and I figured out that it started to outgrow its pot. So I had to take it out of the pot, okay? And I looked, and the roots were all tangled up. We're going to get a little deeper into that. But the roots were all tangled up, and I had to put it into a new pot. And when I started to do that, then it started to bear fruit. And I started thinking, okay, the Bible's filled with, uh, you know, talking about your fruit and your roots and, your, and, and, and you being planted and all stuff. So that's what we're going to get into a little bit tonight. One of the things, if you are taking notes, I want you to write this down. And if you're not taking notes, you should. It says this. I wrote this down. Your fruit is determined by your reach. And your reach is determined by your roots. I'm going to say it again. Your fruit is determined by your reach. And your reach is determined by your roots. See, 
a tree or a plant, they can't bear fruit unless they begin to reach out. So you see the arms of the tree. And so what happens is when a tree um, begins to shrivel up and the, and the reach goes away, you know the tree is dying, right? Now when a tree becomes stagnant, it means that the roots can't keep growing. But when the tree begins to reach out farther, that means that the roots can go deeper and the tree is getting stronger. And the same thing goes for a plant or a fruit tree. In, in our lives... There's a couple factors we got to constantly be paying attention to. One is what does our fruit look like? Do we have fruit? The other one is are we willing to reach? And then the third thing is what is happening with our roots? Are our roots actually going deeper than we thought they would? Are our roots getting all cluttered up? Have we not gotten out of the pot we've been in? Because if you don't get out of the pot you've been in, you can't expand. It's so funny that a plant will die Unless it gets put into an unfamiliar pot, something bigger than what they expected. So I started thinking about, okay, fruits and trees and all this stuff. And then that's what brought me to my old message I did. I did it, like I said, back, back in the day. And it was called Clean the House, Water the Tree. And I used the scripture that I'm going to use tonight as the basis of that. It's one of my favorite scriptures. And actually, Pastor Terry Morehouse touched on this last week. It says this. It says this. It says, the next day as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the, to, to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And the disciples heard him say that. Keep it right there. I love this. One, I love that the Bible lets you know that Jesus was hungry. Right? He was just walking around with his, with his disciples, his best friends, and he got hungry. And he started thinking, okay. What's going to feed me? Not, hey, let's make some food or, hey, uh, what can we gather? Hey, what can we get? He said, there's something over there and I want something from it. And so what I want to say to you is this, is that that's when Jesus looks at, uh, at all of us, right, he's, he's looking in this room tonight, that's what he's looking for. He's hungry and he's not going, okay, who's preparing the best meal? He's just saying, I need a little fruit that I can pick from somebody and I don't care if they're ready or not, I need to pull that. And that's we're going to dive in deeper into that. You know, in 2 Timothy, it says to be ready in season and out of season, right? Now, this is, again, we've gone over this a million times, especially in this church. But one thing you got to remember is this, is that every single person in this room is called, but not many are going to be prepared. See, the thing about the fig tree was this, and obviously everybody knows this, this is just a reminder. But the fig tree, it was designed to give figs. But it was playing by a certain set of rules. And so God was, and Jesus was walking around. And when he got hungry, he said, the rules don't apply to me. You should have been prepared for me. I was waiting there. I was hungry. Now you are not going to get to uh, ha allow me to eat from you, to pull from you. And he, this is how it works. Every single person here is called. But what happens is we wait to get the, you know, the voice of God to call us without providing any fruit. And Jesus said, that's completely backwards. You thought you were called and you are called, but I can't call upon you unless you have fruit already. We always think backwards. We're always waiting for uh, uh, us to be elevated to a position where our calling is. And God said, Jesus said, I can't elevate you because you haven't started it yet. And I know it's backwards for all of us to think, but that's the mindset we have to be. And that's what the fig tree didn't understand. And why the fig tree was not ready. You should always bear fruit. And we're going to talk about what your fruit is because everybody, you know, it, it, everybody's fruit is a little different. 
But the fig tree, again, had a responsibility, but it wasn't prepared for Jesus. And so tonight, that's one of the big things we're going to be hitting on is to be prepared. Fruit is so important. Fruit is the definition of who you are. When Jesus sees you, he doesn't really care about your personality as much as he cares about your fruit. He gave you your personality solely to bring forth fruit. He designed you purposefully. Your roots were designed in a certain way. You're rooted here in this church for a reason because you were designed to give fruit. I want to read this next scripture. This is amazing right here. It says this. It says, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. And that's a famous scripture, and, and Christians love that. Somebody, you, know, you ever notice Christians sometimes like scary stuff? Christians always like, it's all about warfare. And it's like, no, sometimes it's just about loving God. And it's all, and it's all about get, we're taking on the devil. Like he, we already, the devil's already been taken down. Like we can move on with our lives. You know, there's other stuff happening. And Christians love this, man. Uh, they're like uh, wolves in sheep's clothing. Well, that rarely happens. But inwardly they're ferocious wolves. But this is more what's relevant. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. The Bible, I love how the Bible just makes sure you get it, right? Verse 19, it says, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus by their fruit, you will recognize them. Your fruit, as again, is how not only Jesus sees you, but it's how people see you. You can be the nicest person in the world, but if you're not bearing fruit, we tend to not want to deal with you, right? You know, there's, there's many times where we promote people into positions in this church. We think they're great. Their personality is awesome. Um, you know, they're, they, they're, good at get some, they're good at getting the job done. They're good at, but, but then we say, okay, what's been your fruit lately? Has anything changed? And, here's, and they can provide. Here's the fruit. Yeah, but you, that was the same fruit from six months ago. Where's your new fruit? And, it's, and, and then we, we, we have to do that thing. Well, sorry, we have to cut you down and, I guess, throw you in the fire. We have to move you out of that position because you're not bearing new fruit. See, I love Jesus because he's looking for new fruit. That's what he's constantly, and it's all throughout the Bible. We could spend all night on that. He could care less about what you did six months ago or a year ago. He wants to know what you're bearing right now in this moment. That's all he cares about. Uh, you know, I, I always imagine this. I imagine Jesus is, is your employer, Okay. And every few months, he wants an update from you, right? Okay, what have you done? Well, I brought somebody to church like two years ago and they got saved. Like, oh, that's awesome. But what are you doing right now? Have you, you know, what's happening right in this moment? But here's, here's what I love about fruit. This is, the scale has nothing, it doesn't matter to Jesus, right? Your fruit might be small, but that's all he requires from you in that moment, right? See, Jesus was hungry, and he wasn't coming to eat the whole fig tree. He probably just wanted one or two figs, and that was it. And the tree wasn't prepared for that. He's not necessarily looking for you to have your whole life figured out and to, to walk in your calling. He just wants something to come out of you, some fruit to come out of you. You know, here's the thing is that, again, we were saying earlier, your fruit is determined by your reach. Again, a tree can't bear fruit unless it begins to reach out. And if you want fruit, you need to begin to reach out. Now, here's the deal. This isn't Sunday. This is Thursday. So you've already reached. You're already coming on your midweek. This is our hardcore people. We can say what we want to say here, right? We can get, we have more nights on, only on Thursday nights. Why? Because you guys are willing to reach out. But when's the last time you reached so hard it was uncomfortable? And I, gotta, I, I evaluate myself all the time. When's the last time I reached so far that it became uncomfortable? Because that's when you grow. 
I can reach all day long, but until I begin to reach so it's uncomfortable, can I grow? And he's constantly looking for that. Jesus is saying, can you reach out so it's so uncomfortable that you will just bear fruit? You can try as hard as you want to bear fruit. It doesn't happen. You can only bear fruit if you begin to reach. So I'm a results guy, okay. My dad's the same way. So we're constantly, and I'm sure a lot of people are, are in here as well. We look for results. So we'll work day and night to get the result done, okay. And 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 we'll work overtime, and and, and we'll sweat, and we'll cry, and we'll be sore, and we'll do whatever it takes to get results, right? And so what we begin to realize is that. Again, it's not so much about the result. It's not about the fruit that just comes out of you from working hard. What it is is about reaching to a different potential. So we know how to work hard within our pot. But we got to begin to work hard outside of our pot. It's when we become, we become uncomfortable, that fruit begins to bear forth and, and begin to come out of us. And, and so I challenge everybody here, including myself, to figure out what the next reach is. What is that thing in your life that you can say, okay, I've been comfortable, and it, this used to be uncomfortable, but it's become comfortable. Now what do I need to do to reach out to the next level? I want to jump back into the story. And so Jesus has just uh, told that fig tree what up. He said, fig tree, um, you should have been prepared. You weren't. I'm on to the next one. Here we go. So it picks up like this. It says, as Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. So this is the deal I want to get into is, look, your reach, okay, is, is, is all about how, again, how uncomfortable you want to get, right? And so this woman here, okay, she barely could move. This woman had an issue with blood. They say it's referred to as an issue of blood. We know that it could be multiple different blood diseases. She was bleeding constantly for 12 years, okay. And she began to uh, uh, figure out that the doctors couldn't heal her. Nothing was going to work. So she needed to go see Jesus. And so Jesus is in this crowd. He's being, the Bible says he's being crushed by this crowd. And she begins to reach and reach. And she's getting closer to Jesus. So it goes on to say this. It says, he said, she came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. And who touched me, Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out of my body. Come to the next part. It says, then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet in the presence of all the people. She told, uh, she told why she had touched him. And now she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Keep it there. This woman, she's racing to Jesus in pain. She's racing to Jesus uncomfortably. And she gets so close that all she can do, she can't even touch him. All she can do is reach till it was so uncomfortable that she could barely touch just his coat. And the Bible says that he had been crushed. But for some reason, when she reached, it was different than when everybody else was reaching. Everybody else was reaching uh, 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 to see who Jesus was. She was reaching to get something from him. Jesus loves that. We talk about that all the time. Yes, we need to give Jesus our praise. That's a given. But sometimes Jesus says, I just want you to reach towards me and just pull whatever you can. So this woman does it. Instantly she's healed. Jesus notices it. She see, he feels power lead the body, right? And then he begins to explain to her, let me tell you why you were healed. It wasn't because you touched me because everybody's been touching me and, and they're not healed. It's because of your faith. See, your reach is your faith. 
And so a lot of times as Christians, I think we, we just, faith is just a word we have. We have it written like on a picture in our bathroom or something, right? But it's so true. Your reach is determined on how much faith you're willing to push. How much faith are you willing to give? I feel like in church, not for everybody, but I feel like there's so many Christians that have forgotten about the importance of just faith. Just saying, it's already happened, it will happen, I'm pressing in faith, that, that's just, it is what it is. Every time I've ever done that in my life, anytime I've ever reached out in faith, God just honored it. Way bigger than I ever thought. The moment I tried to work for it, or the moment I tried to bear fruit, it never happened. But the moment I just said, I'm just going to reach out in faith, fruit appeared and there it was. There's another person in the Bible that I want to jump to in Exodus, his name is Moses. I want to read this. This is... Moses is us. Listen to this. Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? So Moses is talking to God and Moses is being very fearful at this moment. No faith. And God's giving him a command. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to Egypt. I want you to free your people. And he starts telling God all the reasons why he can't. We think of Moses as one of the fathers of the faith and he became that, but he was not that. That's not naturally who, we, uh, who he was, right? He had been in this pot that he got comfortable in, and his roots were beginning to grow, but he, for, he stopped reaching. So he begins to contemplate with God and talk to him. He says this, and the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake, and he ran from it. I love that. He had this thing in his hand, okay, and he knew everything about it. It was comfortable. It was a staff. He was, he was working for somebody, and that was his daily use. And God said, I want you to change it up a little bit, get uncomfortable, throw it on the ground. It became a snake, and he got afraid of it. How many times did that happen where God's tried to extend you, God's tried to change something in your life, and you get afraid and run away, and we never come back to it? That's what Moses did. He said, this is something I've been comfortable with. And Jesus said, I want you to do something different with it. He does something different with it. It becomes a snake, and he gets scared, and he runs away. It goes on to say this. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand. Again, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. And, and so Moses reached out and took hold of the snake and it turned back into a staff in his hand. And this, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, uh, uh, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. So again, he's saying that thing, the thing that made you a little uncomfortable, the thing that made you scared, that's what's going to prove what I've been doing in your life. There's so many times, again, where we feel we're on the edge of fruit. We have these things in our life and they're, they're ready to burst out, but we don't know what to do with it. And then God takes it to the next step and we get scared and we back down. And, Jesus, and God was telling him, don't be scared, just pick it up. That's the same thing that you've been used to, but we're going to use it differently now. That thing that you used to guide sheep with, you're going to lead a nation uh, to freedom with. That thing that, again, that you've been comfortable with, it gets uncomfortable so you can get comfortable again. It's a cycle and you move forward and move forward. It goes on to say this. And the rest of that story, it says... It says, then the Lord said, put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses, again, he reached his hand inside of his cloak. And when he took it out, the skin was leprous. He became as white as snow. Now put it back into your cloak, he said. So he reached his hand back into his cloak. And when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. And the Lord said, if they do not believe you or pay attention to the first sign, they may believe the second. But if they do not believe these two signs or listen to you, take some water from the Nile and pour it onto dry ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. Again, reach your hand into your cloak. Reach out, grab some water. And Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant. Lord, I have never been eloquent 
He's still finding reasons why he's not called. He's still find, he saw a staff turn to snake. He put his hand in his cloak and it became leprous. He put it back and it was gone. Okay? God's showing him all. Look at the fruit that you have. I'm giving you these, I'm giving these abilities. I'm giving you these talents. I'm giving you this confidence that you did not have. And you still won't believe me? And he goes, well, I don't really talk that well. He said, neither in the past nor since um, you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. And this is why I love God. The Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. I'm going to skip the rest of this story. But he begins to tell Moses, hey, Moses, come up with every excuse you want. But you've been called. I'm giving you opportunity and after opportunity to bear fruit. And if you do not do it, that thing you were supposed to do, your calling to get people saved and to get people out of, of slavery, um, it's gonna, no one's going to be able to do it. You're the only one called to do it. You have to bear fruit to begin to do it. See, faith is how you reach and fear is how you shrivel back up. Fear says, I'll stay in this pot. This pot I've been in, these roots have been growing, that's comfortable. I'll stay right there and I'm fine with that. In Mark eleven fifteen, we're going again back to our story. It says this. It says, on reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. So again, he just leaves the fig tree. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And as he taught them, he said, is it not written my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it into a den of robbers. The next part says this. The chief priests and the teachers of the law heard this and began looking for a way to kill him. For they feared him because the whole crowd was amazed at his teachings. When evening came, Jesus and his disciples went out of the city. In the morning, as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look at the fig tree you cursed has withered. Keep it there. There's a reason why the scripture combines this whole uh, story, right? They could have skipped the whole part about Jesus being hungry and he couldn't find lunch. But it's all added together in here. So Jesus, he, again, he sees this tree, tree's not ready. He goes to the church, the church wasn't ready. He walks in and nobody, everybody's there, but nobody's doing what they're supposed to do. He walks in and goes, wow, you have made into a den of thieves. You've been stealing from God, but you haven't given anything yet. And actually you're using an abuse. So he's making this analogy of this tree, these roots, that yes, they've been planted, but they're not ready. He goes to the church. Yes, you are planted in church, but you're not rooted in church. You're here, but you're not prepared. And so, and that's probably nobody in this room, but... That's the analogy he was making. So he began to turn things up inside of there. And he begins to remind them, hey, I'm turning things upside down in your life for a reason. You know, going back to this message I originally done, parts as I had done, again, when I was 20 years old. One thing that I got from there was this, is that um, you can play church, right? That's, that's easy. We, we, I've done it. I've 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 been able to do that my whole life. I can come in and one, if I'm not feeling it, I'll just play church, especially when uh, maybe I was younger and I would just come in and do the routine. But one thing I know is this, you can play church, but you can't play God. So that's like a, 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 a we're going to do a little play on words there, right? You can't, you can't uh, uh, fake God out. You can't play him, right? You, you, you can pretend to be in church, but he knows the real deal. He looks at the roots. He could care less about the leaves. See, Jesus, what he did was this. He went to the fig tree because he saw the leaves. When he, and, and it attracted him. 
I'll meet, them. I'll meet the fig tree right where it's at because I see some leaves. I see potential. But he looked under the leaves and there was no fruit there. And then he, what he did was he cursed the roots. And see, what happens is this, is that if we are just, and again, this is Thursday night, so, so I don't think as many people in here deal with this, but it's good to remember that there's so many times that we're planted in church, we're not rooted in church, we have leaves sprouting but no fruit sprouting. And Jesus says, I'm attracted to the leaves, but I can't do anything because you have no fruit. And that's what he was saying to the fig tree. You know, here's the thing is that um, your roots can't grow until your temple has been cleared out. See, every single person in this room, the Bible goes over and over that you are the, you are the temple of God. And it said, I think 20 sometimes in the Bible, you are the temple of God. So this story goes hand in hand with your life. And what needs to be flipped around in your life? What does Jesus need to do to come in and say, no, 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 you've actually made your body a den of robbers. You've been taking and taking and taking. And yes, your leaves look beautiful, but you have no fruit. What can we do here to change this? And the thing is, is that, if, again, if we want our roots to sprout and to grow, we have to make sure that our temple is clean. I think some of the main things is this, is that um, for Christians, we deal with a few to uh, topics. One is unforgiveness. I think Christians, we deal a lot with unforgiveness, right? And sometimes, sometimes more than the world does because we put a lot in people. We invest ourselves in people. So when they hurt us, we become unforgiven. Um, that is a huge thing to God. Another one is that is fear. We talked about that. Fear versus faith. Jealousy in comparison, I think is a major thing that, again, that we overlook. As We're focused a lot on sin, which we need to be. But what happens is we forget about things that necessarily aren't sin. They're just things that don't allow you to bear fruit and don't allow your roots to grow. You know, one of the main things that we've been kind of covering tonight is this, is that each one of us has been, you know, planted in a pot. And God allows this pot to be your life. And then he, he, when he says this, okay, I got, you, I got you all set up. But now if you want to grow, you need to find a bigger pot. And I think that tonight we, be, we need to begin to think, okay, what is our bigger pot? What is the pot that maybe we're not comfortable with, that maybe overshadows what we've done, that's bigger and better, that might be scary. I had this, again, I had this plant, and it looked amazing in this pot because it was huge in this little pot and all these leaves. But then, again, it started to die. So I had to take this plant and put it into a big pot, and then it looked wimpy. It went from looking like a tree to looking like a little plant, right? But then over time, over a few weeks, that tree began to grow three times as fast as it had ever done in the small pot. And when I had taken, the, taken it out of the pot and I looked at the roots, all the roots had been tangled up. The roots, the roots were, they were strangling each other, and it was killing the plant. So a lot of times we think, okay, listen, I feel comfortable here. I've been rooted. I've had fruit. Maybe I'm just in a dry season. Maybe nothing has changed in my life because, you know, God's holding me back from something. And the Bible never says that once. It never, it never clearly states that. It's saying, no, no, you need to be ready in season and out of season. So what tonight can we say, okay, what is bigger than what I've experienced already? What is the next step, okay? If I've done this in my life, and it, it, might, be, it might be so physical, like, like a, a, a business you want to start or, you know, whatever you want to do, right? It could be that. Or it could be something way more spiritual, which is just what is the next step? What, how do I communicate with God? Do I need to begin to pray for people? Do I, what do I need to do? Do I need to volunteer somewhere? Do I need to give? Whatever it needs to do, I'm going to do so my roots can grow way deeper. As we wrap up, we're going to finish, I think, early tonight. I'm going to be the first prude in history ever to finish a few minutes early. I want to finish, I want to finish our story. I'm going to jump to verse 22. This rounds out the rest of the story. It says, have faith in God. This is Jesus describing to his disciples what just happened. It says, truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea, 
and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Your fruit is determined by your reach. Your reach is determined by your roots. All of that has to go hand in hand. If you want fruit, you have to reach. If you want to reach, you have to be rooted. If you want your roots to grow, you have to be replanted into something bigger. And the way you do that is ask, believe, receive. It says it right in that scripture. If you ask for the mountain to be thrown into the sea and believe and receive that it's already been done, it will happen. And it sounds easy. But again, that's what reach is. Reach is saying, here's what I want, God. And this, listen, and I'm wrapping up right here. I, this is what I always ask God. God, I don't know what to ask for. I don't know what the next step of my life is. But I'm asking that whatever you have planned, that's what I want. You could be so vague with God like that. And I don't care what it is, just whatever you have, that's what I want. And then if you believe it, that you've already received it, that's when you begin to go to the next step. That's when you bear fruit. And I'm telling you this, that if you want to walk in your calling, you have to bear fruit first. And, and, and again, how do you bear fruit? It's so simple. Just reach. Just reaching. Just what's uncomfortable that you can just reach for. And if you reach, right, and ask God, what is my reach? What, what, what's the next step? How do I reach? Then when he does this, he goes, listen, I'll give you fruit. The moment you bear fruit, you begin to outgrow your pot, okay. Then you go through the whole process again. He puts you in a bigger pot and he says, now reach again. Are you willing to reach? Now, you might not hit your calling for a few more years. You just need to reach. You need to reach. And again, you bear fruit. The fruit goes out of season and you say, okay, I'm not going to hesitate. I'm going to bear more fruit. I'm ready for the next thing. And God honors that.